I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Bill Fox. And we love to watch. We love to watch says, not tonight, wolves. tonight it was like the best line in the whole movie. i know but like the implication is that hey you guys remember the wolves they could be back yes uh, we just need to launch right into it where we love to watch we're movie podcast we pick a theme we do movies over the course of the month around that theme this month we're doing a very saccharine christmas which is made for hallmark netflix lifetime uh christmas movies uh and this is a potentially unexpected special epi for you the listener because to kick off the month we did the netflix examples and that included a christmas prince one a christmas prince two and we recorded it about a week before a little movie called christmas prince three royal baby came out and we're like guys i don't know if we can leave our audience hanging like does the baby happen or is it I don't know killed I guess <laughs> well, we, um, we had some well, pretty speculative bets out there so well, we I mean honestly like I know that you don't go into a Netflix movie as a surprise but I guess the, the bad version of this is like uh, stolen babies are stolen in fairy tales this is a this is a story about a prince who knows what was going to happen to this this fucking baby bill was betting we won't even see the baby that the baby would be like Chekhov's baby except the baby never pops out uh so but, reverse Chekhov's baby <laughs> yeah a sulu baby it goes back. right yeah. check i did like one of you had the theory that the baby wouldn't show up until the last five minutes similar to um, the, the wedding the wedding and the last one and, yep. and that was that was spot on the baby is not really part of the plot it's not stolen it, it's just a sort of a, a button on the main plot almost. Well, yes erin so, did call it that she would be holding it in until they signed yeah granted you were hoping for like something much bigger than signing a meaningless treaty but she still did hold it in until they signed yeah this movie is i what what I didn't expect when I watched the trailer, a uh, promising intrigue and nas- a national treasure mystery to solve, is that they would establish the mystery and then forget about the mystery for about an hour. Yeah, so let's... <laughs> and then come back well, for it. The whole movie is about people going, eh, we'll figure that out later. Yeah, so this is especially Epi. Bill Fox, our guest on the first two Christmas Prince episodes, which was one episode, is back. Bill... Thank you for coming back on our show to complete the trilogy. Everyone's talking about, oh, the ending of the big trilogy, Rise of Skywalker. We're here to talk about baby Christmas Prince. Yeah. The real the trilogy. The matters. real trilogy. Talking baby. Um, I don't hear what they're saying. Weirdly, if you were like, which movie has inspired more misogyny, the Christmas Prince trilogy or the Star Wars trilogy, you'd probably like think Christmas Prince trilogy because of the way it treats women. And you'd be incorrect because our world is a piece of garbage. But uh, anyway, (laughs) Uh, yeah, (laughs) Um, somehow the discourse on Christmas baby uh, is better than Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. But that's a discussion for a different time. But Bill Fox is back. Bill. uh, This movie, you, how many, first of all, how many times, it came out exactly 
came out on the fifth. It's been thirteen days since the movie was released. How many times have you watched it? Uh, like physically sat in front of it once, but it's probably my Netflix is like if they're watching, it's probably I don't know double digits at least. <laughs> <laughs> I, so what what does that mean? So you've watched it once, and then your Netflix on its own accord has played it. No, I mean, I, I at least come times. back, I'll turn it back on, and then, you know, I'm finishing my basement right now. That's the current project. Yeah. So as I'm, like, you know, cutting wood, installing studs on my basement walls, I am playing... You're, you're listening to someone Prince. install a stud. Yeah, but occasionally you, you got to turn around to catch the one-liners, right? Like, not tonight, Wolf, or whatever it was. <laughs> there was another really good one. <laughs> not oh, tonight. How things going in Aldovania? <laughs> Aldovavia. Oh, Dad, you still don't get it. Uh, yeah, Dad gets the... So, first of all, they recast the Dad, and then they make him a huge part of Christmas Prince 2, and then they're like, we're going to... Hey, hey, new dad actor, we're going to tone it down quite a bit. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a whole blizzard. You're going to have real trouble getting there. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. You know, you know what uh, that reminds me of? It reminds me of in college uh, when you meet someone who's fun and interesting and a little loud and funny and they're a good drinking buddy or whatever. Uh, maybe they're a good sex buddy, whatever. And then you hang out with them. Are you masturbating right a, now? A few too many. <laughs> that got way too many descriptions. You hang out with them for a few too many like breakfasts. Like you hang out with them at like the morning and you're just like, yeah, your your big personality is still really entertaining. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. In the second movie, they seemed entertained by him, and in the third movie, they're like, "Yeah, you can stay in New York. That's that's fine." I think the more uh, for brevity's sake, that version is like when you hang around with someone when they're just drunk, and you're drunk, and then like you hang around them when you're sober, and they're like, "Oh, jeez, uh, you're really an Italian stereotype." <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> Like I thought it was a, I thought it was a bit you were doing for the for the for the fun that we were the the banter we were having, but you, you're just like this all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, let's just we're gonna get right into it. It's a short, special epi. We're gonna talk a little bit about our favorite moments for Christmas Prince Three. You put a baby in me, and uh, and we're gonna make some predictions for this time next year. Because I gotta tell you. Christmas Prince is going to be our train forever. The three of us will be recording episodes on each entry until the end of the earth, which, based on the most recent global warming predictions, is two to three years away, so not too bad. But, uh, Peter, do you want to give us a really quick rundown? What the fuck happens in Christmas Prince 3? Um, oops, we lost our birth control. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Christmas Prince 3 is about... Uh, My notes he, do stop about halfway through the movie. I think I was like, I don't even care. Yeah, the, Aldov- the Aldovian uh, government has uh, made a treaty with the Progerian government. What is it? Uh, Pangli- Panglian government, a neighboring uh, Asian country. Uh, about 600 years ago, they have this treaty in a big box. For some reason, there's not a Google copy of it or anything. Um, and basically, there's a ritual every 100 years that they uh, get the kings and queens together of the nations and uh, the kings sign it. Um, Very specifically, not the queens. Yes, the kings. <laughs> they sign- have to come together, but you guys sit over there. Men are signing treaties. And these two neighboring countries have very good relations. It sounds like, uh, you know, they, they see each other more often than every hundred years. These two families seem to be pretty familiar with one another. Um, but for some reason, 
if they don't sign the treaty again on the 600th anniversary or whatever, uh, they will go to war all over again. So they have to find the treaty. And then the rest of the movie is about uh, pe- people all selfishly getting involved in um, petty bullshit instead of actually looking for this treaty that could have a genuine impact on the fate of the country. Uh, Simon is uh, seemingly having an affair with uh, one of the Panglian, you know, ambassadors Panglian secretaries or something while his uh, American girlfriend from the first and second movie is is like trying to figure it out. He's not actually. He's trying to buy her a wedding ring. Can we actually Simon just pause there for good. a sec? So one of our jokes about the end of Christmas Prince 2 was that not only do they get married at the wedding, everyone, every major and minor character finds a match. Um, yes. And this it's an movie. Extremely horny movie. Yeah. And including like the um, and that's not the parody of an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Should be though. Um, Should be. Uh, but what this movie you don't does, want to know what that weird cheese would scene is looks say, like. That's in the first one. That's not the extremely goofy movie. That would just be a horny movie, and then the sequel would be an extremely horny movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the TV version would be called uh, uh, Horny Troop. <laughs> 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 it doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? It doesn't. That's I mean, we're the horny troop. We're the it's the horny it troop. Ap- it sounds apologetic. Yeah, <laughs> the theme song still works. Sorry, we're it's here. the it's it's the horny troop. Well, we'll always stay together, bestest friends forever, because they're horny and they're fucking. Um, but anyways, just to be clear, I still know the goof troop theme. Um, <laughs> song. This is going about as well as the uh, North Pole as, episode. As, as the movie. <laughs> as the movie we watched. I think it's going oh, as well. So, so yeah, anyways, so, no. So, so everyone is still together. Like, yeah. uh, this younger sister, her boyfriend, still a big part of this. Um, the friend from New York who is gay, still with the wedding planner. Um, they have a whole business. Now Simon's going to get engaged. Like, everyone is still banging. Like, that wedding made more long-term relationships than any wedding on Earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, is for, we had low hopes for the actual couple getting married, but apparently uh, all the love that was supposed to go into their marriage went into everyone else. Yeah. Everyone does seem to be in uh, better relationships than them. <laughs> right? I mean, like, uh, so Simon and... I gotta get the fucking care. It doesn't matter, but... It doesn't matter. Simon and the American friend, they have, uh... They seem to have, like, a a, a sweet romance, but also she's, like, a jealous person, and it's very boring for the movie. It drags the movie down, just like it's dragging down this podcast and my recap. (laughs) This treaty, they gotta find it. Whatever. They're trying to find the actual person, but at the same time, they're sort of bonding. It's it's very, like... It's very much like a hangout movie for the whole middle. That's why I'm having a hard time describing it. Yeah, they literally play a 20-minute game that doesn't exist, no one's ever heard of, and would be the worst fucking thing in the world. It's like, they're like... To it's try a game to... for toddlers, where you're well, like, everybody no. wins. It's worse than that. Because, so it's a game, so they're like, as soon as they lose the trivia, or sorry, as soon as they lose the uh, <laughs> the treaty, they're like, stall, stall the other king and queen. And they're like, hey, I know the treaty's gone, how about we play a game? And the king from whatever it is, pay... Paglantageous or whatever. Pad- I haven't pages. played this in years. I haven't played this in years and they're all excited. And it's like this big, they pull out this big board and it's like, ooh, this feels like, is this like, is this like the Aldovian version of Settlers of Caton or something? And no, 
It's a tree. You move spaces as you get trivia questions about Aldovia right. And everyone's fucking so excited. It's like, can you think of a least interesting game to be excited about? It's like if you went to someone's house and they're like, you guys came to my house for Christmas. We're like, oh, here's a board. Most people have never seen them pulling it out. It's the Armstrong trivia game. Everyone answers questions about the Armstrong family. And you just go, get me the fuck out of here. There's no other game. I want to play less. But they play it for 20 minutes. I, I held my breath for like movie. a half second that it was going to be Jumanji. I mean, quite oh, honestly, that, like that's if, if they had gone into the Christmas world or the Winter Wonderland through that board, I would have been excited. Well, uh, yeah, because at least would have been like uh, a twist. Because these these movies, one of the problems with the first movie and the, and the problems with the, I call it a second act, but it's it's not really pushing the plot forward. It's it's like a. It's like a, 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 I don't know, what do you call a prologue that doesn't actually, it comes in the middle of the movie? Um, intermission? It, yeah, it's an intermission, exactly. This movie has an intermission act between the first and the third act, where, where everyone just hangs out and waits for more movie to happen. Um, by the way, the movie is 85 minutes. Um, the shortest of the the movies in the trilogy, and it has that whole middle hour as a similar problem to the first movie, where like it has this sort of like, rich people hanging out in a palace thing that's like comforting in a sense where you're like nothing bad is actually going to happen but in another sense you're like another sense you're like wait why am i even watching this why is the camera on right now but see even that's bullshit because kind of like in the last movie where it was like hey you're getting married let's show the fantasy of being rich which you would think is like she has her bachelorette party which you think would be some extravagant craziness right like that's that's the fantasy that we're trying to get people to want to watch. She was a princess. She's becoming a queen. They have a palace. And they, like, do their nails and sit on a couch for their bachelorette party. And this one, you're like, we're doing fun uh, royal things, which is a family trivia game. Like, they don't know how to give the audience a taste of, like, the fantasy that you have to imagine some people in the audience are trying to see like it's like i want to imagine myself being a uh, uh a rich uh, uh member of uh, the royal family and this movie in matching the other one succeeds at showing how it is like less boring it's more boring than anything that you could possibly imagine and everyone is insanely excited about each boring mundane thing that they call like it's like years of inbreeding has broken all their brains into thinking a family trivia game is a fucking uh, barrel of monkeys of fun i'm not gonna bring up the princess on that inbreeding note but i would say that the baby shower they put together while snowed in is fairly spectacular i mean i don't know aaron what your face first baby shower was like but there's a lot of balloons. Helium, I mean, was brought in. It's a lot to put together during a snowstorm. I didn't go to the baby shower, so I imagine all of them are like this, so it did not seem impressive to me. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, for a snowstorm, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, the, the I, so that is, that's another part of the middle act is them begging the question, uh, how are we going to raise our child with unlimited funds and 
countless <laughs> servants running around everywhere. How are we going to do it? When she has a curse. Oh, yeah. If they don't get the treaty back, it won't just cause war. It'll curse the baby, I guess. Whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, so they're looking for the treaty. It was hidden in the basement. Uh, but in the act of discovering it, uh, Princess Amelia and Queen Alice Kriege. Um, by the way, real quickly, since we've since we recorded the last episode, uh, Alice Kriege, uh, who plays the queen in this, I talked about her having a, a witchy quality. She plays like a witch in Silent Hill, and uh, she plays the Borg Queen, and she plays like uh, she also plays like um, um, fucking what was I think? Oh, she plays like a, an, an incest monster in uh, that whatever that cat pe- Sleepwalkers. There we go, the Stephen King uh, cat people movie. Um, but she between that, I've discovered she's in this new movie called Gretel and Hansel, uh, where she plays uh, guess what uh, an evil witch. So she is. This movie is does is fl- is flanked by Alice Kriege playing an evil person, and us expecting her to just like be like the sweet uh, grandmotherly uh, queen. And like Bill pointed out last time, uh, yeah, she kind of sucks. But by the time they get to this movie, her her slate is mostly clean. She's looking for the treaty with her daughter. They get locked in the royal dungeon, which not only exists, begs a question. So. Uh, they lock up whatever count leopold or whatever lord leopold they lock him up at the end of the last movie did they just leave well, him down yeah they the said guy? it was a real dungeon i mean they disappeared him he's gone they also dissolved the constitutional monarchy in the last one <laughs> so it's just full-on fascism but they 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 imply that his ghost is haunting the dungeon and it's clearly it's actually the culprit who stole the treaty which i'll get to in a second because um, everyone is waiting on bated breath. But yeah, she, democracy dies in the darkness, Peter. <laughs> they imply that, that Lord Leopold's ghost is haunting the dungeon, implying they locked him up down there and he died. Did they really? Not, yeah. yeah. Lord Leopold's I mean, a ghost, so he's dead? If they know that he's in, like, fucking Aldovian, you know, central municipal jail or whatever, then they wouldn't think that his ghost is there. No, I mean, they, right? they definitely killed him. They probably just didn't feed him. Yeah, they probably forgot. They they don't really have the infrastructure for, like, checking on prisoners. They have the infrastructure for, like, a cookie bake-off. <laughs> yeah, this... this <laughs> like, we've, like, we've established it's not a real economy. It's a front of an economy for mob money or something. So we established that, yes, but I couldn't help myself but pause the movie when they show the map of where Panglia is relative to Aldovia. And Aldovia is, like... 30% of Eastern Europe, if not more. It is larger than Germany or like former Prussia. I mean, it is a, a massive country on this map. And Maybe so, it's like Northwest Territory, though, that like it's just still one city. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is cold. like whoever put together their old map and production really kind of lost their sense of geography because it is <laughs> significantly larger than Spain. Most of, you know, France and Spain combined is about the size of Aldovia. And yet they have like one palace and two billion dollars brought two billion euro, I should say, brought them to their knees. And almost no wolf protection. <laughs> oh, Billy, man. you pointed out in the last episode that they are a member of the EU. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, so that, that fits now, given their relative size. But again, she solved the economy. Our, our journalist who's never been published. That was in the nice, like, intro montage. She does spend the movie 
investigating because she is very clear that she is a journalist and journalists investigate, which literally just means like going around in people's like drawers <laughs> and uh, like doing very bad schemes. And also, are you a journalist if you've never had a piece published and you just write a fucking blog in the year 2019? Because I don't think you are. Let me tell you a really dumb story that reminds me of this. So at my wedding, uh, my brother-in-law cut his leg on something. Uh, nothing serious, but he cleaned it up. He was He's young. Uh, or he was young. And he, like, did that thing where, like, he just put some paper towels on it till it was done, like, a little bit of blood. And then just left him in the paper towel garbage at the top. So, like, the next person that walked in was like, oh, why is there a bunch of bloody paper towels? Right? So there's this person at our wedding that no one really liked. I'm not going to say her name, and she definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, but she had taken a nurse class, and I don't know if she was a little drunk, but she decided that at that she was a now an actual nurse. She was like, I am a nurse, and part of taking the oath of being a nurse is that if someone is injured, you need to find out who and make sure that they get help. And she was like deadly serious and going up to everyone asking if they knew who the injured party was because of her oath as a nurse and it was like like i didn't have time to get into it with her or anyone else i was just like i don't know like sure you go do your your nurse oath like you're not <laughs> you're not a nurse i don't know what this is and i know that's not an oath that nurses take do they make nurses take oaths I don't know. <laughs> but that's Even what it reminds me of where she's like, weird, like how people basically it's almost just like lose their mind. of it is someone yeah. else telling you the story where you're like, yeah, uh, I guess that happened. That's really weird. It's not like an actual direct memory just because you're just there's too much shit going on. You're like, well, I couldn't have changed anything. I had too much shit to do. I remember her coming up to me to help to ask if I would help investigate. And I'm like, no. I don't care if that person's dead. Well, like, I, I'm I do not, I do I'm not, not think interested. there is a nurse oath, but there's definitely an investigative journalist oath. I mean, and she clearly took it. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're saying that this doesn't relate to my dumb story because <laughs> in her case, it is true that she, <laughs> she had to investigate where this person at my wedding did could have left the person bleeding to death and it wouldn't have mattered. Correct. Sometimes you add a lot of import to yourself and then create fake things that also if if you're if you're part of that important role that you've cast yourself in, this these other things must apply. So I'm a journalist. Part of being a journalist is I must investigate. Yeah, yeah um, I'm with and all I'm my people you. love me because I ride around on a bicycle and wave at them. Like she pretty much is like painting the image of herself and her blog and how she's a queen of the people and everyone loves her. It's like because they go to a fair and some people say hi to her and everyone's like, hmm. yeah, on like the one like little downtown village in their country that you know is larger than Turkey. <laughs> the, the the budget of this movie is signi- feels significantly lower, almost in like Santa Claus proportions, uh, where all of a sudden like, oh well, th- they don't even have the budget to go to a fake Aldovian town like in the last one. So like, let's let's wrap this up because there's a bunch of things we have got to talk about really quick. The plot, reading. yeah, and oh, also yes. Aaron tying into what you were just saying, um, tying back into the plot. Um, 
the 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 prince is like building a cradle and and all that shit he's like pretending like he actually has to do this fatherhood thing like at all whereas like they literally have like dozens of servants running around at all times on his beck and call um and it was also weird that he kept going like oh i wish my kid was actually adopted like me (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could give this baby to someone else and take a new baby so that i could raise a kid just like me well i thought about that Uh, that's the reason that that that's what explains the fact that there's no cribs in the palace that has existed for centuries, right? I mean, it's been there since the 1400s. But, but least. his sister was wasn't adopted. Yeah, and she also, was a miracle though. Do- she was born at age. So they didn't give her a crib. Miracle babies don't need no cribs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peter, being a dad's uh, real easy. Just wait. Super easy. <laughs> both of them have a both the the uh, king and the queen have a so the king and the princess whatever prince and the princess have a self a, a sense of import that's uh, grossly grossly They're outweighing. King and queen. Queen. They got married. The dad's dead. They're not prince and princess. I know it's Still called the Christmas, Christmas prince. prince. They should, yeah, yeah, they should have called it a Christmas king. Well, it's not even Christmas really either. So, I mean, as we've established, so there's just the no. only king of Christmas for me is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this movie did make me say Jesus Christ quite a bit. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so uh, Simon proposes to. Uh, Megan, whatever, and uh, and then uh, they find the treaty in the dungeon, and they find out that it was actually one of the one of the help uh, was trying to break up the 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 very close allyship between Panglia and Eldovia. Which, by the way, do you think that um, they have such close allyship because they both participated in the Iraq War? Uh, yes. Yeah. On the side okay. of the Iraqis. <laughs> <laughs> That's why their economy is in shambles. Well, what they don't tell you is that in this <laughs> mythical universe, the axis of evil was Eldovia, Pantages, or whatever the fuck it's called, and Iraq. Yeah, well, that actually, Pantages. that makes sense. I mean, look yeah. at the map that they take up. I mean, they That's why their economy is having so much trouble is because, like, there still has UN sanctions for supporting Saddam Hussein's yeah. weapons of mass destruction. They have, they have peacekeepers checking, you know, all their nuclear facilities. In this universe, George (laughs) W. Bush was right, and Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction as well. Um, Just real quickly, did it? I don't want to be insensitive, but does anyone else find it a little odd that Panglia is a Christian country? Yeah, super odd. Uh, But also, I mean, my brain, I was like, how does that work? And I was like, okay, well, Korea and the Philippines and many other countries have a huge Christian coalition. Yeah, colonialism was still of colonialism a, yeah, and imperialism. Still, still a huge problem in this alternate universe. And worst of all, President of the United States, you go, oh, not Donald Trump, great, but it's Jared Fogel. <laughs> so Panglia being a Christian nation was somewhat troubling to me. That feels like that's like a weird like Britain took takes back the rest of mainland China kind of thing. Like yeah. conjured dark images in my head. Yeah, anyway, so they find the treaty the baby's born and they're not what's the curse they say in the, if that if they don't re-sign the treaty every year the kid's gonna be cursed with something no the firstborn dies or is oh, cursed great but the firstborn is like what's the, what's not the described curse, at all right that could have been his sister since he was adopted why isn't yeah. the firstborn her right like why does it have to be this baby i don't it, it, it's entirely unclear so and and there's two things here. And also they'd be at war, right, if they don't resend the treaty by, by midnight. So what I think is very interesting about this movie is that the first one had weirdly high stakes 
emotionally. It was about like someone <laughs> learning that they were adopted, and uh, and like whether that. And then not only um, he had to accept being a king after his dad died, but then they find that he's adopted, which based on the current laws in his country means that like he can't be king. So not only has he lost his father, he's lost his birthright in a very short period of time. That's some heavy stuff. Now the movie doesn't handle it well, but it's like pretty high emotional stakes. The second one takes very high political stakes with like the workers starving. Yeah. They have to lie to everyone. They're union busting and eventually they topple the constitutional it's monarchy. Embezzlement, to, crime. Yeah. Like, like it's just awful. And that was something that we talked about with like Road to Christmas uh, which may, may come out before or after this episode is released or North Pole where it's like okay these feel like more in line with the stakes of a fucking made for TV Christmas movie. I don't know if it was a course correction, but this movie has insanely low stakes compared to the other ones because even though they say the firstborn will be cursed and these countries will be at war, many characters in the movie point out that both of those things are essentially bullshit. Like, A, everyone keeps saying there's no such thing as a curse. That's crazy. Um, only the, the the young girl is especially worried about it and everyone kind of dismisses it as like, that's how they enforced treaties back then because they're like, they just said, oh, a witch's curse if you break the treaty. And then the other thing is like, if our two countries will be at war, they keep mentioning there's nothing to A, stop them from signing another treaty, and B, neither country has armies anymore, so that doesn't mean anything. Well, and what, are so, they, yeah. what are they even fighting over, right? Is like, is it a religious war? Because they both seem fairly <laughs> Christian, so that's not it. Well, of I course, because that's because Aldovia uh, converted them at the barrel of a gun in the 1600s. Or 14, 1419, right? Because it had yeah. to line up every hundred years to get to 2019. Sorry. Yeah, so no, no, it's but it is funny like how they still are kind of playing in like a cursed child, a war with a neighboring country, but uh, which which in theory would be high stakes, but they go out of their way to let you know that those stakes don't matter. Yeah. And I feel like that must be some level of course correction from the last one which which felt like it had extremely high stakes to like all of these nameless characters that we don't get a chance to see. Yeah, I was thinking about throughout the movie the fact that the, the war keeps hanging over our head, the war is hanging over our head, uh, and how that was clearly created. They, they wanted to create greater stakes, and then, again, in the middle of the movie, they forget entirely about that. Um, but, like, there's something that they hint at or they mention that it uh, it actually uh, – Aldovia has a huge amount of debt to uh, Panglia. And that uh, the, the if their treaty gets broken, that um, Aldovia will have to default on their debt and, like, default on the loan or whatever, which would, like, cripple the Aldovian economy. And I was like, okay, for one, that's, like, way too much fucking, like, that's, that's again, it's the same There's problem. There's always the so have. much plot, yeah. There's always so much shit hanging over your head that you're just like, that's a lot for me to think about. And you're actually getting distracted from, like, I don't know how much fun it would be to be a royal person in this beautiful princess, or this beautiful Christmas kingdom. Uh, but, uh, I mean, instead of threatening war, why not, like, the Aldovian economy will collapse. And even though we're friends with the Panglian government, the Panglian leaders, the king and queen, like that doesn't mean that um, their parliament won't, you know, exact uh, financial vengeance to get the money back. 
Well, yeah, and it's also like, I don't know, the whole thing seems so boring. Stupid. Like, why why don't they show <laughs> why don't they show anything fun of like the rich stuff? Like, why <laughs> don't they sentence. why don't they do something fun? Why don't they like show question. they have all this money like don't they have a really fucking huge TV thing to watch or something like oh 200 inches I'm glad I'm a king of a country like something yeah I'm this pretty sure so... Simon by this movie should have been doing like fat lines in the bathroom and like instead he's trying to like use his Oxford education to solve the problems and support his cousin it's not cool not cool at all he was supposed to be the playboy. Yeah, well, so was the fucking prince. And he's like, yeah, 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 it was all a lie. I was just photographed with a woman once. Well, they bring that up again in this episode. And like, Panglia guy's like, oh, I wish I lived your lifestyle. And he kind of doesn't deny it. And it's like, yeah, it's very confusing. Like, I mean, what are you you doing? Are you in on this lifestyle or not? (laughs) Can you imagine him having like a crew that he went out with? Like, he has no friends that we see. Like, he's all alone. He barely talks to anyone except his mom, his sister, and uh, that's it. Because to say that he has conversations with his wife would be incorrect. Every once in a while, he's like, I'm making a crib for the little person that's going to come out of your vagina. Oh, that's nice. Wow. He failed at that, too. We're king and queen. falls apart. That thing will fall apart because that that is a huge-ass baby when it finally comes out. That thing would have split her in two. I know it's hard to get a newborn baby in a movie, but, like... It's like a nine-month-old baby. It's huge. Split her in two. <laughs> you don't think they have, like, uh, C-sections in Aldovia? Well, we yeah. watched the birth. The midwife was there. Thank God he can ride a horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm literally talking about a fucking 20-pound baby. No, I know. Uh, the other thing... <laughs> I want to mention. <laughs> He's trying to keep this br- on course, Aaron. No, we're going to talk we, we, a little bit more about what size object came out of the queen. Um, <laughs> let's see. Bigger than um, a bread box. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely How a big baby. Babies weigh at a, at nine months. <laughs> it's like it's like eighteen pounds. Yeah, I was right on the money. Yeah, you don't need to Google it. You have professional baby makers here on this podcast. <laughs> disgusting i don't get paid Um, for that you might (laughs) we've both made equal amount of children i'm just not a professional is the point professional baby makers i'm not talking to either of your your wives core power yoga instructors we're not baby makers (laughs) we're not professional baby makers we we... well no peter just insinuated that wasn't even what i did so but good for the yoga guy (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about this more because i hope (laughs) I think that we should spend most of the rest of the episode talking okay, about actually, who Peter thinks is the father of Bill's children. We, we should do that, but Bill's first, run. I want to touch on a different topic. So, at the beginning of the last, all right, time, we're coming you guys, back around. You, you, you were gracious enough to have me as a guest. Your first question was: Will anyone in Peter's family listen to the? Why well, I said I asked if your wife would listen. Oh well. In any event, I gave a hard no that neither yeah. my wife or any of Peter's siblings would listen. And, and well, I thought Charlie would listen. Oh no, he just says that. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's listened like two or three. No, I actually it's don't all know talk. That. Um, but Charlie, if you do hear this, you got to say the word pumpernickel or else we're not gonna <laughs> believe you ever listen um <laughs> gonna be some but, family group text pumpernickel so, fucker in, in any event peter brings yeah. up the fact that i was guesting on the podcast 
and everyone lost it. They're like, you've never invited me to be on your podcast. You've never invited me to be in your podcast. And Peter says, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. It turned into this whole thing over Thanksgiving dinner. It was fantastic. I, I sat back and got to enjoy like the fact that Charlie felt slighted over my ability to talk <laughs> and about the worst time. Christmas movie ever. And I'm <laughs> doing second it again. Time, and we have you scheduled for a March episode. You're going to be a three-peat before he's a one-peat. Yes. And we already have a Pete. Yeah, Pete and three-peat. <laughs> That's what we'll call you the next episode you're on. Pete and three-peat. Yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious because... Uh, Who else wanted to be on the cast besides Charlie? Uh, Natalie, my sister, my sister, and my brother both wanted to wanted to come on. Notably, uh, Bill's wife Elise was like, "Absolutely not! I never asked because I didn't <laughs> want to be on." It was the answer to "Do you want to come on?" is a yes, okay, when or no, never, and anything in between is garbage. <laughs> I can't, I can't do anything with that. They're like, yeah, for, uh, for sure. Like, uh, it just has to be the right thing. And, um, yeah, like maybe, maybe next summer would be good. But like that, I can do nothing with that information. I've had zero members of my family on, and to be clear, they're not invited. <laughs> uh, um, and it's not because I don't love them. It's not because I mean, there's a lot of them. I could have like, I could have them do uh, the whole like third of a year guest one after another um <laughs> my my brother at one point was like what it's kind of weird that you haven't asked dad to be on your podcast i'm like what are you talking about why is that weird and he's like you know he did a radio show for 30 years you're basically doing like why wouldn't he want to come on i'm like he a doesn't care about movies <laughs> and b like would would he invite me on his podcast to talk about like dumb religious shit of course not. <laughs> and he's like he's like that's a good that's a good point um and yeah i i just uh my one brother who uh likes movies as much as i do does not have very interesting things to say about him so he would not be invited on the show either he does listen sometimes and i'm sorry jake but you know come up with better things to say about movies <laughs> <laughs> you've been called out <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so my family very much not. I hope this is the episode that breaks the back of all our families. <laughs> I hope so. So Natalie wants to guess, even though she specifically told me that she listened and this was not for her. Yeah, because we established <laughs> that Elise was like, I like podcasts, just not yours. Not yours. Yeah, I think yeah. Natalie was the one who was kind of like, oh, I don't get the format. I don't get why people would listen. I well, think she understands the format now, and I think she okay. wants the invite. I mean, Peter and I will talk it over as co-owners of the We Love to Watch brand, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I have to speak with our uh, our brand ambassador to tell <laughs> say if this is uh, on brand for We Love to Watch. It would be weird if we said yes, but like maybe we have our executive producer, Carrie, reach out to Natalie to schedule it. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, we don't want, we don't want it to be like one of those things where family relationships get involved in what the scheduling is. We want to treat you like everyone else. So yeah, we're going to have our EP reach out. They're going to schedule it. We're going to pick a movie with you. And then, yeah, just, you know, they'll walk through the instructions with you. If you could send us a record. number of voice samples, right? Yeah. Like test recording areas. <laughs> if you could be in a studio, they'll, for run, these they'll times. run lines. Like yeah. if Peter says this, how could, how would you respond? If Aaron says this, they'll go, go through some test things and just figure out if you're right fit for a guest on our show. And uh, just know that you're going to be bumped like an hour before we're set to record. Does that sound all, all, all fine? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. The uh, the animal guy from the San Diego Zoo was here. 
I know it's a podcast, but people really like the noises the Eagles were making. So it was a movie. The movie was Where Eagles Dare, so it was thematically appropriate. So I don't know. Maybe next time. But we'd also have Carrie reach out to say that because we're we're cowards and everything's going to go through our EP. <laughs> EP slash intern. Slash intern. Yeah, well, we don't have many jobs. We love to watch Corporation. There's uh, co-host, co-host, EP, and then intern. Yeah, I mean, if we have too many job positions, we'll look bloated, and then we can never uh, become a public entity. Yeah, pretty soon it's going to be just like fucking Aldovia, and we're going to have to be lying to Carrie about how we have no money, and that she's (laughs) starving to death, because we're trying to figure out where all the money's going, because we've hired too many people. <laughs> I think for one, we shouldn't have ho- hired uh, Lord Bill to do all. Yeah, I was just money. gonna say I play Lord Leopold in this movie. I'm pretty sure, so let's do it. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill's a okay, ghost in that in the next episode. Uh, <laughs> so one thing that this movie says is not that sorcery doesn't exist, but it fell out of favor. Which I think is an interesting take on the concept of sorcery. Like, oh, yeah, people got bored with magic. So I don't think that curse is still a thing. Yeah. Now it's all Uh, crystals and essential oils. Sorry. (laughs) No no more sorcery. Do you guys have one of the things that just put smell into the room? I don't forget what they – I forget what they're called. But the refills are like 30 bucks to smell like fucking lavender for a a half hour. It's essential oils. That's what I said. And the diffuser. Is that what is the thing that sprays smells? Diffuser. I can spray smells. Yeah, pretty much like you, 30 you bucks. Know, take your body odor, you put it in an oil format, and you sell it. But the whole thing is like a multi-level marketing like scam. And by that, I mean yeah. a pyramid scam. So I, I'm hoping to alienate like at least a quarter of your listeners. If you sell essential <laughs> oils, I don't care how successful you are. What do you, You're in what a do you think scam. the Venn diagram is for people that listen to our podcast and not just purchase but sell essential oils? Well, I, I think, think 25%? I would say the Venn diagram of people who purchase essential oils and sell them is actually surprisingly overlapping. Do you guys want to do predictions for Christmas Prince 4? I want to pull you guys on which movie you are most likely to watch next. If you have to watch one of the three, which one are you going to put on? Of the three Christmas Princes, even though we've established both of those. Hold on, I'm I'm looking up run times. (laughs) No, no, the last one's the shortest. This is the shortest one. Um, I think it would honestly be three. I think it would, like... There's something about the low stakes of this one that made it at least not sad. This one was less depressing than the other two. That's probably because they dyed Queen Emily's hair and she finally, like, looks less ragged, but... <laughs> like a royal ragamuffin? Like, she looks completely different if you watch from back to back like I do. Uh, it's a big change for 12 months, but anyways. Peter, which uh, one are yeah, you watching? your makes. I'll say the second one because uh, the second the second one has the weirdness and it has the the, the uh, New York uh, New York dad. Um, that guy is too much New York even for me, a noted New York dad lover. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one is so fucking boring. Like oh, so boring. It, 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 it's it's just not. There's not like enough like. There's almost nothing to sink your teeth into in the first one. Like it, it's it's it has good production value, um, but it's not like weird at all. And in the way that I like these movies to be weird, like I just rewatched um, Princess Switch, um, and Princess Switch is great. It's got Vanessa Hudgens in it, end of story. That's all you need. 
Uh, all you need is Hutch. She's got another um, one this year, which is not bad. Uh, on the night before Christmas? Yeah. K-N-I-G-H-T? K- K- the K-Night before Christmas. Well, I'm actually going to go with Aaron on this one. I'm going to rewatch number three. I feel like it's as close like, to comfort I mean, you're, food. You're going to rewatch all of them. Well, to be perfectly clear, yes. But if I had to pick <laughs> one to watch next, I'm going to go with three. I feel like it's the closest thing to comfort food because it is so ridiculously stupid. There's never any thought where you have to be like, man, that's deep. Or... Gosh, she really just ruined her life with that decision. It doesn't happen in three. Yeah, and I feel like there's enough distractions that you're distracted from the fact that the central couple is not in love. <laughs> never has been, never will be. Although, you know. Probably doesn't know each other's middle names. I mean, if I was a betting man. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, if this were a serious movie, would be like a great portrayal of a royal couple, right? But given that it's a Christmas movie set not really around Christmas, they failed miserably. <laughs> Yeah. Can we talk about really quickly how this movie was released on December 5th and it takes place uh, over the uh, December 2019 Christmas season? So technically this movie takes place in the future? Well, not anymore. No, still in the future. No, but I mean someone listening to this in January is going to think I'm right. Uh, (laughs) As of the release date of this episode, (laughs) this movie still takes place in the future and is therefore sci-fi. Uh, okay, sure. I'm down. Uh, there's one little moment I want to highlight before we go to uh, predictions for uh, Christmas Prince 4 or whatever. Not tonight, Wolf. <laughs> Not tonight, Christmas Prince 4. <laughs> Hungry like the wolf. Uh, there's a moment when the queen is born, or the little the little lady is born, whatever. Um, She's a princess. Princess, sure. Um, That's how it works. And someone says, She's beautiful. Some, and then another person goes, Thank goodness. What? Thank goodness. Yeah, you don't want an ugly baby. You know how embarrassing that would be to a kid. Like, it's embarrassing if it was, to... If it was an ugly baby, would you leave it in the woods for oh, the wolves? Oh, yeah. I mean, the wolves, will, they'll take care of all the evidence. You know, you don't want an ugly baby if you're a normie. You're the king and the queen? That's fucking embarrassing. That, that baby's got to be on TV. No, like, at best, you got to, like, steal and switch babies. Yeah. Like, a, like a cute baby that one of your peasants that you work to the bone. Uh, uh, Queen's gonna do like, a 180. Suddenly, like, oh, only male heirs can be king, right? Like, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> soon as that happens, we're like, oh shit, never mind, never mind. Go back to what it was. Now presenting Princess Unfortunate. <laughs> They're gonna go to the uh, <laughs> go to the VIP section of the pre of the natal ward. Go behind the uh, the red red uh, curtain. Pick the cream of the crop babies. That's like uh, prima nocta, but for like baby harvesting. <laughs> if you steal the baby on the first night, it doesn't steal, count. Yeah, steal the baby, keep them. But sorry, you have to switch the baby to clarify. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What prima you have to leave means. a. It's 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 take a baby, take leave a baby, a baby leave trade. A baby. <laughs> well, they could just be hoarding babies. What if that? What if the new baby ends up ugly as a grown up, and old baby ends up cute? Like then you switch them out again, like out of the. He goes to, like, uh, boarding school for two years and comes back, and he's a hunk now. And uh, then they just get rid of that other baby. Have you seen the movie uh, Moon <laughs> with Sam Rockwell's? Yeah. Imagine, like, in their dungeon basement is, is like, instead of a just rows and rows of Sam Rockwell's, it's just rows and rows of different babies that are different stages of and different levels of attractiveness. They can switch out until they get the perfect baby. They just go yeah, down and go, sense. yeah. That. Why even be king and queen if you don't have a full dungeon full 
of uh, stocked potential hunks in the banking. <laughs> they need to create uh, future Christmas hunks. This is actually Netflix was, is funding Aldovian's government to create future Christmas hunks. What do you think the budget of this movie was and how many of it went into some weird country's coffers? <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you said you looked up the castle. Where's the castle again? Uh, Romania. Yeah, Christmas. there we go. Uh, I'm going to bet this movie cost uh, like eight, six to eight million dollars. And uh, I'm going to bet like 348 million ruples went into the Romanian coffers. <laughs> um, I don't know. The they, don't re- rate, they don't really release budget information, but I bet it's not much. They don't release listening information, so... Because if they did, Bill's house yeah. in Chicago would be like, there's a house in Chicago that's listened to this movie 30 times. I can't believe we didn't mention that in the first episode, right? I mean, Netflix actually got a fair amount of, like, blowback over that tweet. To the 18 people who have watched Christmas Prisons for the last 53 days or whatever it was, or 53 people who've watched it every day for the last 18 days, who hurt you? I, I'd like would to say you, it was me. You, Bill? I'd certainly had it played 18 times in that time period, but not every day. That is brutal, because, like, the movie does ask you a few times if you're still watching. <laughs> oh, so you... I mean, I, I will, even tonight, I'll probably have, I don't know, at least three or four more Christmas movies play. So, Peter... We'll go to you first. Set of final thoughts. What do you think is going to happen in Christmas Prince for your prediction? Wait. Go. Yeah, I'm going to go pragmatic. So we've discussed the idea of having – it's just they have another baby. Um, I think that they're what they're going to actually do is ha- they have the baby, whatever – uh, the next movie is going to be kid focused. Like they're going to switch it away from the main couple. They're going to become the like more like concerned parents. Um, and they'll be in the movie a lot less and it's going to focus more on kids. Okay. That's like the okay. most least descriptive plot I've ever heard, but that's fine. Yeah. It just, it's just literally just said, like, are they going to be playing gonna focus with blocks for so like, yeah. like 85 minutes? Yeah. What are the kids going to do? <laughs> like they're just going to watch them. I don't know. The kid's gonna be like an age where the movie finds it cute. Like the the kid the kid's gonna get like blown up to like age like eight or something and get into palace mischief and discover uh, some sort of mystery to solve or some sort of intrigue. So like let's say uh, I don't know. He thinks his parents are gonna get divorced <laughs> because they're not in love and they've never been in love. Or they but go Adam's family some... values. They have another kid and he's worried that he's gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> or I like the idea of finding mystery in the castle. Maybe she finds like a wardrobe and ends up meeting Aslan. And then like pretty soon she's like, I'm really into Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll happen. Step into the wardrobe. Bill. Uh, okay. Christmas Prince 4. First, what's the title? Ooh. Um, uh, and then what happens in Christmas Prince So th- it's seared into my head, having listened to the last episode that Peter – Missed Saved by the Bell by being born too late, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold him responsible for that. But I listened to you guys talk about <laughs> Saved by the Bell in one of the kind of sub series of Saved by the Bell that you did not mention, Aaron, that I particularly enjoyed was when they would go College work years? at the beach for the summers. That was that was still Saved by the Bell. That was just a little series arc that they had at right. That's at what Palis- I'm saying. I said Palisade Sands. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah, those, those are great. my favorite. That was that was where uh, not Tori. 
Um, but the uh, the uh, they, Leah Remini was was the love interest. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Um, I remember the name of the resort. It's Palisade Sands, Bill. <laughs> I have a problem with that seared in my brain. I'm going to say that it's a Christmas Prince vacation, and they ditch Ooh. the palace for number four. That they are in either one of their colonies, which we're not sure if they exist or not, Hawaii, some beach locale. With baby, probably in the four to six range, probably pregnant with the second baby. Uh, They can't get back home to celebrate Christmas and they find a way to save a local person's business, hotel or economy and then celebrate Christmas on island or on the beach. Okay, I that's like a, the idea of getting it away from the palace. I think they ditched the palace for number four, and I couldn't decide well other than the Palisades or Paradise Sand Resort from Save the Bell. So that's why that's where I married the two. And they're going to run into Mister Carosi. Yeah. <laughs> so and Screech, my bat. naked. He's going to be caught for streaking. Mister Carosi was was uh, Leah Remney's dad. So here's my prediction: all three of these movies have been about. Tearing down old-timey, like, royalty rules, traditions that everyone in 2017, 2018, 2019 and goes, oh, yeah, that's terrible that some country would still be doing that. But all three of them are about that, right? Like, one, adopted children, not real children. They tear that down. Second one, the queen is a figurehead only, doesn't get to participate in, like, heads of state stuff or decisions, and they tear that down. Third one, that, like... The queens can't sign shit, and like the queens, uh, a princess can't be an heir. I really they thought you were going to say queens can have babies, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, Aaron. <laughs> queens can have babies now. It's 2019 <laughs> in Aldovia. Uh, no, so every single one has had like that thing that, like, as um, as the outsider, the queen is like pointing out that their traditions are bad. So they have a kid now. What's another common royal tradition? It's getting betrothed at a young age. So my guess is, is that they're going to like meet the, the they're going to, it's going to be like a four or five year old baby and they're going to meet some other one that someday this is going to be your husband or whatever else. And the queen is going to be like, this feels weird. I want to find love like I found love for you. And not just be told who I'm going to marry, especially for my child. And the, the movie is going to be about uh, the next tradition that the queen in her uh, New York wisdom overturns, which is forced marriage uh, planned at a young age. That is far too logical. But I'll tip my hat to you, sir. I enjoyed the potential. As long as we're making a time capsule, can we throw something else in there? Because we clearly have to revisit this next year. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, how much is Peter going to weigh by next Christmas? Or <laughs> <laughs> guess... less than both of us, probably. Well, that's clear. I was thinking about guessing <laughs> my own weight. Or... It was just more. Fun you got to wait till you have kids. Each kid adds about twenty to twenty-five pounds. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to listen to this episode next year, same time, for when we watch Princess Prince Four. Right? So my time capsule on that would be no, Trump isn't reelected, but that's only because that's the only way I can see myself going on for another year. <laughs> In life, <laughs> so right? That. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, then if we're doing it like that, then I'm just going to say I'm going to have my first heart attack before we next record. But like, it seems a little like uh, dark, but. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can really bum ourselves out by like, who's the Democratic presidential nominee? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but thank you so much for coming back on. We already have you booked for an episode in March, which we're really excited about. Um, and I, we can't wait to hear more about Peter's family, who's invited on, who's not invited on, who made Bill's kids. A lot of things we'll discuss in March and uh, next year, too. So I've watched that movie like at least five or six times already. So by March, I'm going to know it far too well and I'll probably hate it. Just like every other movie that I watched too well, many times for this podcast. You can always switch to something else by that time, Bill, if that's your only uh, – Well, I picked it because I liked it and now I've watched it like six times and more serious. I'm going to ruin it. It's going to happen. All right. Well, Peter, it's been fun. We will have another Christmas episode coming up next, uh, either Road to Christmas or Full House, depending on what gets edited and released first. So thank you, everyone. If you remember, compare and contrast. Compare and contrast, Which and don't let your baby do. get a curse on, and don't uh, don't uh, colonize any countries and force them to convert to Christianity. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. No sleep till Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) 